Simplicity first, and simplicity in rifles, you know. Everybody needs an AR, but everybody isn't going to Afghanistan. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Welcome. I want to say a quick shout out and a quick hello to my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, hello, dear. How are you? Good. We're going to keep everyone kind of waiting with abated breath. Yes. Because we have an awesome guest today. I'm so excited. But quick, real real quick, want to give a quick shout out to some of our great sponsors. Right off the bat, want to give a shout out to U.S. Law Shield. Basic insurance for you and your family in case you are ever sued or charges brought against you for defending yourself for your basic constitutional right. And it can be a firearm. It can be your fist. Funny story, apparently a frying pan too. They covered a frying pan uh, self-defense incident. So So if something happens and you need legal help, if you have basically bought their insurance, you just call on them and they are immediately at your fingertips. It was not a concealed frying pan because that would be tough to do. That would be weird. But anyway, any Hoosers, (laughs) really, this is not expensive, folks. This is like $100 a year, a few extra dollars to add family members. Um, So if you uh, sign up with them right now, go over to prepping2-0.com, click on Friends and Affiliates. Um, You can get 14 months for the price of 12 using the coupon code PREP. Another great sponsor of ours, Jared Savick. He is an awesome realtor in the Kalispell, Montana area. Don't let that fool you, though. Yeah, he's not limited to Kalispell. Nope. In town, out of town, way out of town. He knows the Montana market. For you, if you are a prepper or looking to just escape blueness, yes, um, he can help you find a property that will fit your needs of prepping, homesteading, turnkey, something to build. He knows the market really well, and he's a great guy. So check him out. He and his wife at SeizeTheDayMontana.com. That's SeizeTheDayMT.com. And tell them that Shelby and Glenn sent you. Glenn, tell us about our guest. Our guest is Michael Bain, and I admit in advance that I'm a fanboy of Michael Bain's. Michael Bain's biography, I had to write it all down. Um, He... (laughs) Yeah, he. Uh, he's laughing in the background. He's laughing. He is the yeah, the host, or he appears on Best Defense TV, which was a TV show, Cowboys, which was a cowboy action TV show, Gun Stories TV show, Shooting Gallery, which is in its twenty second season with Michael. He's also a podcaster. This is how I got to know him of Downrange Radio, which has been going on for seventeen years. A fantastic podcast. Highly recommended. It's not just about guns. There's all kinds of cool stories that go with it. Uh, he's the author of the books Trail Safe and White Boys Singing the Blues, which is a, uh, a rock and roll uh, history, if you will. And he has a vlog, a video blog on michaelbain.tv. He was an author for Rolling Stone magazine. And this is what really warmed him to my heart. He's the author of the Hank Jr. biography, The Living Proof, Hank Williams Jr. story, which came out in 1983. And we will hear the story. He is the inspiration for the song, the Hank Jr. song, Country Boy Can Survive, based on a conversation he had with Hank Jr., which is a cool story. So with that, let's go ahead and say hello, Michael Bain. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. And, and, and I want to say up front, both of you, I've read your books. You guys are, are, are great authors. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. That's actually how I, I figured out that Michael Bain might actually appear on this show, is that you quoted part of my book, um, the part about fascism doesn't mean uh, guys with funny little mustaches, uh, to paraphrase. On Facebook, and that's when I said, "Aha! I have something to talk to him about." Mm. And then you were very gracious to come on the show, which is much appreciated. And you're going to be talking about, among other things, guns for preppers. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Let's just jump into it um, on that topic. Um, if you're a a new gun owner, or an, even a, a seasoned gun owner, and you're a prepper. What are some things preppers, that's obviously our audience, uh, preppers need to know or be thinking about when it comes to firearms? Oh, gosh. I I think the number one thing 
uh, it's something I've, I've thought a lot about over the years. I, I live 100% off grid. I live nowhere. Uh, I have a neighbor, and our neighborhood is not the kind of neighborhood that any sane person would decide to uh, visit with ill intent. <laughs> um, it's a big rancher neighborhood, um, you know, in, in rural Colorado. And um, but I, I think for for preppers, that's where where they get caught up in in a loop. Um, a lot of times because of the internet, is they get beyond simplicity. And mm. and I, I think when you start talking about guns that you're going to use um, in in a literally a worst case scenario, guns that you're going to need at at, at uh, this critical junction in the world, um, simplicity just jumps out. And you know, for example, they say, well, well, you know, there's all these different kinds of handguns and different calibers. No, there's a Glock nine millimeter. <laughs> Glock 9mm is the simplest gun in the world. Dogs can take care of it. <laughs> um, you know, I must have built a dozen of the things. And 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 secondly, they, they generally don't break. You have to put many millions and billions of rounds through them to, to break them. So, yes, there's lots of other kind of guns. But, but to me, you know, it's like, hey, modern polymer frame striker-fired 9mm service pistols are arguably the best guns that have ever been made on the planet. They are so irrationally good. Um, and, and again, the advantage is you can get parts at your local convenience store. Uh, and, <laughs> of, of all, um, I, I have about a million Glock parts here, and, and most of them I got dirt cheap. You know, it's like, oh, I need to buy a spring. Why don't I buy 10? Mm -hmm. And what's the cost? It ends up costing $9.30. You know, (laughs) it's all those little small parts that may well break. Well, you know, they're pennies or a dime or a dollar each. And and, and so you can come up with, you know, if I have to build a Glock, if you said to me, Michael, I need you to go outside and build a Glock, right? A polymer 80 frame or or 80% arms frame. Can you build a Glock this afternoon? And the answer is yes, I can. So it's to me it's simplicity first and simplicity in rifles. You know, um, everybody needs an AR, but everybody isn't going to Afghanistan tomorrow afternoon. Um, I, I've never, you know, really understood the fetishism around ARs. Although I probably have twenty-five of them, so I really probably be struck dead for saying that. But um, the guns that I, that I keep around, I, I go to some lengths to not over-modify. They may have a trigger and they will have a light, but, you know, I, I don't even have a coffee maker on any of them. <laughs> um, but they run. You know, I've run them. I've run them in three-gun. I've run them in classes. The thing I know about them is they're going to run. Um, and, I, you know, it, it, when you start thinking in terms of that kind of simplicity – you know, I will not argue with you if you tell me that a Benelli M4 or a Beretta 1301 is the best best semi-automatic shotgun on earth. I will tell you that a Remington 870 will still be running when the asteroid hits. Hmm. Um, it's good to have, you know, you can look at the semi-autos, and I, and I have semi-autos, and, and, and they are very, very good. But I, I can't think of more than six months of my life where I did not have a, a Remington 870 12-gauge. Um, and you know the one I've had now is probably 15 years old, and if I could say anything about it, it works all the time. Uh, it's been to two classes at Gunsight. Um, if 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 I had to go through and say what what gun here is going to work all the time, no matter what stupid kind of ammo I dump in it, I'd say, well, you know, that 870 has has been through the mill. So I always when 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 I talk to people and, and they're thinking in terms of prepping and firearms, I say. Yes, you can get everything in the world right now. You know, everything. Everything is available somewhere. But that's not what you need to think about. You need to think about what's boring. You know, you need to think about like, oh man, you know, my friends will go like, why didn't you get a real gun? Um, once you nail down what you have, and the other is twenty-two rifle, and the, the, you know, a Ruger ten twenty-two may be the greatest thing ever invented by man on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. They're amazing guns. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Um, it, it's, and again, once again, if you, if you look at, if you look at a Ruger 1022 and you don't get caught up like me in competition, I, I'm the founder, one of the two founders of the Rimfire Challenge Shooting Association. I shot Rimfire Steel, blah, blah. Um, if you don't get caught up in that and you just look at, look at a, a good, not, not necessarily a, a Wally world 
one Wiley Whirl sold 1022s. But if you look at a baseline, reasonably good 1022, you can buy enough parts to keep that gun running for generations. It's not complicated. Um, and to me, that's, that's just this huge advantage for somebody who's saying, well, you know, right now I can go down to the hardware store, go to Ace Hardware and buy some 22s, maybe. Um, <laughs> but that might not be the case. And I think a lot of people's minds changed on this stuff when we went through the, the worst of the ammunition shortage. Um, I'm sort of proud to say that on the podcast, I repeatedly said, because I, I heard stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the industry, you know, I'm an insider. And I, I said, people, you got to go buy ammo. Now, now, at that point, I think uh, Midway USA was running a loss leader on Winchester 22 long rifle, five thousand for two hundred and twenty-five bucks. Holy smokes! I said, I said, go buy the ammo, and and um, it's been great because I've heard from a lot of people who said, boy, you know, we thought you were an idiot. On the other hand, we bought the ammo, and they said we're shooting. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our friends aren't. What do you think caused, there There are a lot of theories out there, the ammo shortage, and I guess it's still going on, so I'll refer to it in the present tense. A perfect storm. Yeah. Um, a Elaborate. Lot of, uh, and I think, you know, if you talk in terms of, of, of a prepper mentality, um, you, you always have to think in terms of perfect storms or black swans. Um, but with the ammo shortage, uh, the... The number of people coming into the culture is staggering, staggering. So staggering that the ammo in their in their in their most optimistic projections, the ammo companies never even came close to the demand that they've seen in the last few years. I mean, if if they were you know sitting around drinking with cigars, going like, boy oh boy, we're gonna sell all this ammo. They never once thought about how much ammo we're talking about. Um, the other thing is is that um, a larger militarization overall in the world, mm-hmm. where where countries that might have been buying you know ten million rounds of ammo all of a sudden they're buying a hundred rounds of ammo. Um, so there's there's a stress from around the world on the common military calibers. Um, one of the other things that people don't really see is that we, as as a culture, as a gun culture, have been relatively successful in terms of convincing people to shoot a lot more. You know, my father, uh, who considered himself a shooter and a hunter, had one box of thirty thirty ammunition for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, twenty rounds of thirty thirty ammunition is my idea of seeing if the gun warms up. Right. Um, but but. All of a sudden, people, and I saw this from like some NSSF stats, um, people started saying, we're going to go to the range, we're taking 1,000 22s, a box of 500, instead of a box of 50. Mm-hmm. And they started routinely buying that, and which is people like me encouraged. I mean, people like me and people like Bryce Townsley and, and, and Tom Gresham, we all encourage this stuff. And then we're real surprised when people went out and did it. Um, <laughs> The other thing is 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 um, the you know with with Biden cracking down on Russian ammunition, which is aimed solely at us. Um, no matter what people say, I've seen the real numbers on what the percentage of Russian ammunition being used sold in the United States is. It's a big number. You know, it's somewhere between twenty three and thirty three percent. I recently read on the internet that that wasn't true; that it was only like four percent. Nonsense. That's crazy. You know, I, 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 yeah, I talked to the importers, and they said, "Here, you know, we we can show you based on our numbers how much Russian ammunition, East or East Block ammunition, is being sold in the United States." And and so, the loss of the Russian pipeline is critical. And what happened before the loss of the Russian pipeline? And I don't think most people really realize this. For a long time, we were coasting on the post-World War II Eastern stores. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a stunning amount of ammunition left over from World War II in, in Eastern, Eastern Europe. Uh, I mean, I've seen warehouses in Eastern Europe, you know, go back a few years that were like, that's all the ammunition on Earth. You could build an Eiffel Tower without ammunition. <laughs> well, we shot it all up. I would add to that um, the, the end of the Cold War when the Bulgarians, for yeah. example— uh, didn't need all that 
762 by 39, and they just had gobs of it after the Cold War. And it, they dumped it for kibbles and bits. Mm-hmm. And we got addicted to you the know, kibbles and bits price. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw million lot prices that was putting like six, uh, 762 by 39 down around three cents around. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. And, and you're thinking like, and you know, yeah, it gets marked up when it gets here, but that's your baseline. You know, the big importers are paying like three cents around for it because it was just there. You know, um, uh, Eastern Europe has so many ammunition factories, and they're like, well, they weren't willing to shut down. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we got to sell stuff. We got to make stuff. We got to sell stuff. Um, it's that whole series of things all happening at once. Components, especially on a commercial level. Martin Tuasson, who owns Arms Corps in Rock Island, is a really good friend of mine. You know, at one point, uh, he and I were talking, and when he buys primers, he buys primers in like 10 million lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's got an ammo factory, a big ammo factory. Here in Montana, and, right? And we're, mm-hmm. we're in Montana. Yeah, yeah he does there, but they did the assembly there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Philippine plant is huge. And what they do is they take it to a certain part level and send it to Montana, and they're they're going to expand Montana, by the way. Hmm. But he said, "I got primer issues," and I'm like, "How bad?" And he goes, "This bad. I got to go to Russia next week." Uh. And he goes, "You know, I got to go negotiate with the Russians for primers." Hmm. He said, "Ouch, that bad." And he goes, "What can you do?" He goes, "The only people in the world who are holding large lots of primers right now are the Russians or the Eastern Europeans." And he goes, "I got no choice." You know, I need 100 million primers for the next, like, 10 months. Who's got them? He's yeah. Sorry, I go to Russia. Hey, Michael, could um, we, we pause you there? And Shelby's going to mention absolutely. some of our sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout-out to Katie Armour. Come and take it. That's what Katie stands for. They specialize in uh, steel body plates for everybody. Not just the military, not just law enforcement, but for everybody. And when we watch what's happening in our news cycle these days, that's important. So check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com. I'd like to talk about BattleBox. This is a monthly subscription service where every month you get um, a surprise uh, box of goodies. They have uh, boxes that start at $29.99 a month and go all the way up to $159.99 a month. And I did an unboxing video of one of the premium boxes that they sent us. And that's a video bonus show that's um, up for Patreons at the $5 level and above. It's kind of cool. It's Christmas every month. You get stuff that you didn't know about. So for Katie Armour, the coupon code is GRANT at checkout for BattleBox. To get 20% off your first order, use the code PREPPING20 at checkout. And of course, you can find both of those sponsors at our website, prepping2-0.com. I'd like to add another one, Backwoods Home Magazine, a magazine that I'm sure Michael Bain is familiar with. Um, and uh, they, it's a great magazine. It, it's got all kinds of plans and and recipes, and, and it'll get you thinking about Skill stuff. Skill building. Skill building, yeah. And that is six off the coupon code, and you'll get $6 off that. Yep. So where were we at with Michael? I'm just sitting here listening We were listening talking about, about 100 million primers from, from the Russia. Russians. Yeah. Yeah, and yet in a perfect storm. I think it's so true. I'm not an industry insider by any means. I'm just a, a consumer. But it makes sense to me that a perfect storm is what it would take to create such a shortage of something that is in such high demand. And candidly, the high demand means profits, huge profits could be made. And for there still to be a shortage when you've got a market aching for your product, there's got to be several problems to simultaneously solve. And the, the companies are in a position where they can't expand. Yep. Um, you know, there's no... There's no easy short path for an expansion of, of, of an ammunition com- country in the United States, a company in the United States, or for that matter, you know, Australia, um, and some areas like some of the Spanish firms. And they're in the same situation of if they say we're going to build a larger ammo plant, it's going to take years and it's going to cost millions. And by the time it gets online, um, a lot of the industry got caught out in the uh, – um, the first AR bubble, mm. where I friends of mine, they said, hey, you know, boy, you, you just can't get AR lowers. You can't get AR lowers and uppers. And, and uh, wowie zowie, if we can make AR lowers and uppers, 
And one of my friends, I sat down with him and said, you know what? It's a bubble. Yeah. And, and I said, brother, it's a bubble. And he goes, well, what do you think that means? I said, I think that means that every bubble pops. I said, I think I slept through Economics 101, but I do recall that bubbles pop. And I said, the problem that you have as a startup guy is by the time you buy the CNCs, get them in place, get them programmed, and actually turn out your first product, the bubble is likely to have popped, and you're going to eat that. You're going to eat that CNC machine. You'll use it, but, you know, when I sit here and look at your amortization schedule on the purchase, I'm telling you, I don't think this will hold. And we saw and that. Like, oh, go ahead. It did. When it the did bubble, exactly what you said. When the bubble burst and ARs were everywhere because everybody and their dog was making them, and the same with ammunition, back when ammunition was plentiful, my theory is, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this are, that was the golden age mm-hmm. of guns. And I say guns, I mean ammo and magazines too. All the fixins and the guns were widely available prices were really cheap and we would go on the air uh, and talk about this is the golden age you guys you've got to get guns and ammo and magazines now because this isn't going to last there's going to be another shortage what's your view of the golden age of guns and we have two minutes before the segment break kind of mean to ask you a big question like that and then say there's two minutes well i think briefly i think you're correct i mean those days of less expensive inexpensive are gone and they're not coming back You know, we're still in a situation where there are better and more guns in better and more niches than have ever been made before. You just have to pay a lot for them. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to point out that I'm one of those people that bought magazines yeah. <laughs> when I was paying kibbles and bits for them. And, you know, my sweetie would say, do you really need 100 AR magazines? I don't know, but it didn't cost me crap. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. I, I basically... You know, I never took them out of the wrapper. And so when Colorado said, by the way, you know, you can only have a 15-round magazine unless you, you, you own them previously to July 2013, like, you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> so, Michael, I'm going to stop uh, you. I, Michael, I'm going to stop you right sorry, there because, oh, you're fine. We're up against the break. Yep. Oh, no, we're not. We have one more minute. Keep going. What do you do with all those AR magazines? After ca- uh, Colorado. And so, and I wrote about that too. Exactly, exactly. You stored them where no one can find them. Sorry, keep going. You have about another thirty seconds. My bad. Well, you do that. I, I, I made a list of guns that I have and guns that I consider important. That it's important for me to keep mm-hmm. running. And my intent in purchasing those magazines was to buy enough magazines and parts that I could keep those guns running forever. Nice. Um, and that doesn't seem like an irrational thing. It didn't cost me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, it would now. <laughs> yeah, it would. Boy, and isn't that the prepping? That's prepping the prepping mindset. mindset. Get stuff number one while it's available, and number two while it's inexpensive, and number three, these are things you really need. Um, and obviously, you really need guns for what's coming. I hate to sound dark, but yeah. there it is. Yeah. So, folks, don't. I go- want to just throw this out just as quickly before sure. you go to break. Uh, when the pandemic started, when the, when the COVID pandemic started, I said, you know, you really, if, you, if you're going to wear a mask, you need to wear an N95. And somebody said, so you, I'm, no doubt you have them. So of course I do. I'm surprised you don't. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so right. h- hang on to that thought. We are going to continue this fascinating conversation on the other side of the break. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. 
Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Newmana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. This is a fascinating conversation. I'm just sitting here soaking it up and taking notes. But before we get um, get some more insights from our guest, Michael Bain, I want to say a quick shout out to a couple more of our awesome sponsors, Numana Foods. Great folks over there. They specialize in um, bulk freeze-dried food. Bulk freeze-dried food. And this is the time. Yeah, this, we were talking about the golden age of guns. This is the golden age of bulk freeze-dried foods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so check them out on our website, prepping2-0.com. Use the coupon code lowercase prep at checkout, and you can get an extra 10% off your order. The other one we want to talk about is Lizzie McDaniel. Yeah. She is a rock star realtor over in Tennessee. She knows the Tennessee real estate market really well. She's she, one of us. She's a prepper. She's one of us. She knows what, just by that alone, she knows what preppers and homesteaders are looking for. And uh, she'll help you out. We've had great reviews from folks who have utilized her services. Mm-hmm. And you can find her at redstate-realtors.com. Love, Lizzie. Go, Glenn. There we go. And then EMP Shield. We wanted to talk about them. They make a product that shields whatever it's wired into from the after effects of an EMP or a coronal mass ejection. And this isn't hocus pocus. This is tested um, and they they have military contracts and Homeland Security contracts. So for the military and Homeland Security and other related agencies to put their faith in this means that they have to have some assurance that this stuff actually works or they would be embarrassed. I was going to say get fired, but none of them will ever get fired. Well, and they've they've got all the science to back it up on their website. They've got it's the studies. Really cool to see. It's actually kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's basically a surge protector that kicks in in 3 trillionths of a second. Wow. That's about my attention span. So So check them out at our website. And again, you can use the coupon code prepping2.0 and you get $50 off each device. Yeah, and they're about 300 bucks. So it's it's a nice little savings. Well, back to Michael Bain, the fascinating Michael Bain. He can talk about um, Hank Jr. or the intricacies of the ammo shortage. Uh, Very interesting guy. Uh, That's why I've been listening to his podcast for a very long time. And you should too. and so a question for you, Michael, how important is training? <laughs> oh, oh, 
Was it Jeff Cooper that said, just because you bought a piano doesn't mean you're a pianist? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It, it's, you know, for a long time, we, you know, and I, I'm the guy that coined the phrase gun culture version 2.0, and I'm sorry, I'm probably going to go to hell. <laughs> but um, gun culture version 1.0, where essentially gun, guns, the culture was passed through families. My father taught me to shoot just like his grandfather taught me how to shoot, and they did everything wrong. Um, you know, I, I, I came out of growing up thinking I could shoot. And, um, I mean, yeah, if it's like a 50-yard 50, 50 deer, <laughs> sure, I can shoot. But, you know, I realized at some point very early on that, that I didn't really understand how everything worked. Um and especially when I started, I was lucky enough to fall in with bad companions, like like Colonel Cooper, like Ken Hackathorn. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I fell in with those guys very early on in 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 competition, and and I discovered in competition that I could not do those things which I thought I knew how to do, and that meant that 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 something had to give, and I I uh, became obsessive about training, um, and I think most people should. I do believe unconditionally that the Gunsight 250 pistol class, their basic pistol class, it is the it is the earthworks on which most other training is founded. And I've I've taken the Gunsight 250 350 pistol class maybe 12 times. I forget a lot. Uh, I go there to lose bad habits that I pick up on the road. But we used to have back if I go back to when if I go back to another life when I was doing a lot of very high risk sports and wrote the book Over the Edge. Um, I was out in Columbia, Columbia, uh, Columbia River in Oregon with these guys who were windsurfing and effectively hurricanes. Mm -hmm. And they were teaching me big wind. And one of them said, you should never buy anything so trick you can't sail it. And I thought, wow, that, that applies to gun owners, you know? And I, so uh, with the podcast, and I know you've heard me say this a million times, it all comes down to me, to what you can do on demand. If I say to you, I need you to make a 25-yard shot on that 10-inch plate, can you do it? And if you can't do it, you need to step back and say, what kind of training do I need to get to be able to do that? Um, it's so important that that it overrides every it overrides buying more guns. And I'm you know, I sort of live in a world of guns because of all the stuff I do. But but the training is the best trainers I know, and you can, you know, regardless of who they are, uh, Masada Uber or uh, Tom Givens, uh, Greg Elifrance, these guys are the best in the world constantly take courses with other trainers. Yep. Because, you know, there's always something. Um, you know, some of the legendary law enforcement people that, that were my mentors and, and you know, um, taught me so much, uh, Walt Rausch, Late Walt Rausch was uh, U.S. Army Intelligence, Secret Service, Secret Service Presidential Detail, Philadelphia High Risk Felony Squad, and then a private dick on the mean docks of Philadelphia. But uh, um, and then Jim Cirillo from the New York uh, New York Police Department Takeout Squad, you know, legends. They took classes, <laughs> and and between them, they'd kill more men than smallpox. But. <laughs> Great friends. Constantly were, you know, every so often I would call them up and they would be obsessed on something. They were researching and looking for somebody to, you know, explain to them, you know, do you know anybody who can get deeply into Jelly Bryce's basic style of point shooting? That, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. There's always more to learn. Um, a quick story, because I'm nothing but quick stories, right? <laughs> um, the first time I went to Africa, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I, I could shoot by then. I thought I was a competent rifle shot, but I passed up a 300-yard shot on a gim spot, uh, uh, and I passed it up because I wasn't 100% sure I could make the shot, and that weighed on me. So when, when I came back to the United States over a period of years, I decided that I would I would understand that. Uh, I would understand what it took to shoot longer distances, and I did. And it took a lot of training, a lot of classes, um, and it took a willingness to, um, and this is going to sound odd to people, but it's really important. I mean, people have never trained, yeah, you can go train. But if you've done a lot of training or you think you know a lot of stuff, you have a certain ego investment in it. Uh, have you ever read George Leonard's book, Mastery? 
George Leonard was the great American Aikido master. He'd been a bombardier in, in World War II. And uh, a brilliant man. I was lucky enough to sp- spend a little time with him, talking to him. But, um, you know, in his book, Mastery, he, one of the key points he makes about learning is that ultimately, you, you, uh, when the head of judo died, and, and they asked, he was on his deathbed and said, how do you want to be buried? And he says, in my white belt. And for what George Leonard took from that was to say, you're always going to start at the low end in your white belt. And you have to be willing to do that. And that means that you have to be able to deal with your ego, where your ego says, man, I can shoot like great. And I say, shoot the 10-inch plate, and you can't hit it. Mm-hmm. That means you can't like shoot great. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, I have a range in my yard. It's uh, So sometimes when people tell me what they can do, I'll say, let's step outside. Show me. You don't have to tell me. There's steel there. Shoot it. Yeah. Um, and and it's – you don't like to do that. It doesn't feel good. But, I mean, when I, when I did Over the Edge, um, one of – and, you know, George Leonard was a huge influence on me when I was doing, like, really high-risk sports um, – because you had to go into them and say, I'm an idiot. Let's work from there. Or you'll and, die. And, you know, yeah. If you think you know it, you're going to die. Unless you, you have that. And that, that, was a clear, that was the clear point. You know, yeah. and, I, and I love that. Which I learned a lot about shooting doing high-risk sports. I was a cave diver. I went on big mountains. I've done lots. But what I found fascinating is the way the mind works, and you see some of this in Trail Safe, the way the mind works under potentially lethal stress. Because it, it it has to work a certain way, or you die. It's really it's really simple. But it's hard to actually make yourself do that. I mean we, we say those words, we say like, Well, I'm gonna train until I can't do it wrong. That's really actually hard to do. Um but when I was mountain climbing, um you know, there's lots of knots, right? There's whole books with different kind of knots in them. And what I did is is I taught myself to tie a figure eight knot. And I tied figure eight knots in my sleep. I carried pieces of rope on airplanes, and I sat there and tied figure eight knots over and over and over again. You know, I never stopped tying figure eight knots. And, and a figure eight knot is the knot that attaches you to the main line on a big mountain. If you need to be on that line or die... You need to be able to to really do a perfect figure eight knot. And the point came on a mountain in the blizzard at 42 degrees below zero on Denali. I had to tie a figure eight knot. And I don't even remember it. I just tied it, and the next thing I knew, I was on the line. I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to fall. I wasn't going to take the long ride. Hmm. Um, I can still tie a figure eight knot, and it's been years. Mm-hmm. One of the things about training that and somebody else said this, so I'm not going to take credit for it. I, I don't remember who said it. One of the things people forget is that one of the benefits of training is learning how to practice. And you take the things you learn in training, and then when you practice on your own, you are carrying out those good habits. What do you think about that theory? It, it, it's important um, because people in generally practice wrong. Yeah. They practice wrong when um, – <laughs> which you already know this. I mean, there's that, there's that old saying, and, and I forget where it maybe came out of auto racing. I don't know. Maybe came out of triathlon is you, you train your weakness and race your strength. Um, so, you know, if you'd say triathlon and you're a great bicyclist, what you need to practice is running. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing you least like to practice. And it's no different than training with guns, you know, is if, if you love being fast, man, if you love cutting your split time down, blippity blip, 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 and you go out every day and you practice, can I just get one more hundredth of a second off my split time? And But you can't hit a 50-yard human silhouette. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you've now practiced your strength, and the day may come when you have to race your weakness, and you're not going to be happy. I call those guys that um, do the split the the shaving a hundredth second off the Instagram guys because they go and they post on yep. Instagram what it is and and it's all pistol it's no rifle it's no transitions it's no long range shooting they're a one trick pony and I I admit that mag changes and all of that 
um, are important in in a fight. I get that. Of course, most fights I'm told are only three rounds or so. It's either three or thirty, right? I mean, it um, <laughs> mag changes are less important than people think. Yeah. Well, here's another question yeah, for sure. you, um, and this is the classic debate. Uh, AR versus AK, what are your thoughts? And we had Jim Fuller on from, well, formerly Rifle Dynamics, currently Fuller P. Uh, Phoenix. I'm sure you know Jim Jim Fuller. Very well. And, uh, yes. and he gave a tutorial on the AK and myths and all of that. It's a great episode to go listen to. Jim Fuller is the king of, of AKs, I think, in the United States. And what are your thoughts on AR versus AK, especially with a uh, um, – a focus on what preppers should know. Maybe there are some folks that don't have um, a modern combat rifle, formerly known as an assault rifle. That's a term we don't use here. And um, what do you think about ARs versus AKs? There was a point in my life where I would have told you that I'm unconditionally an AR guy. And I shot him in competition, shot him in three guns, shot him in in various AR uh, shooting competitions. But as it happens, I met Jim Fuller, <laughs> and in uh, in you know, and through meeting Jim, Jim and I for uh, I guess on season twenty or twenty one of uh, uh, shooting gallery, Jim and I built an AK, and I, I will say that that AK, it it's got no frills. It's got a red dot sight on it. It has no frills. Um, it it was the most amazing gun that I've ever seen. And I shot a lot of AKs, you know. Uh, I shot a lot of AKs that were like living. I have other strange stories about shooting AKs in foreign countries at the edge of war, but um, the one that Jim built, and what Jim said, this is basic gun A. He's right. Um, It's it's the AK stripped away without all the accoutrements, without the magpole furniture, without the, I don't know, know, bells and whistles, you know, the thing can be run like a handgun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quick, it's efficient, it's accurate. It handles amazingly well, amazingly well. Um, you know, if I said I was going to run out of the house and there are people running up my road and I, I might need to speak to them sternly, I think I might need to speak to them sternly with an AK. Um, the house gun, the gun that stays loaded all the time because I live in nowhere, and it's in a locked cabinet, but it's loaded all the time, and it's sighted in. Is a, a Galil, a Galil in, in 308. Mm-hmm. And and the reason it's a Galil in 308 is you can use it to drive tent pegs. You can use it to split wood. Um, it has no finesse, none. Mm-hmm. It is a shooting machine. Um, I have never seen it malfunction, and I have treated it like crap for a decade. Uh, <laughs> I shot three gun with it, heavy metal with it. Um, you know, am I going to be able to shoot a thousand yards with it? No, no, I won't do that. It's, that's not what it's for. But on the other hand, it won't fail. Uh, I, you know, I have absolute faith in it and it's, you know, it's a pure AK operating system. Um, and I, I never mess with it. It's, it's, it is as it came from the factory and it has like tens of thousands of rounds through it now. Um, but if I say, you know, it's a grab-and-gun run, you know, grab-and-run gun that you got to – but I, AKs and ARs are pretty much on even footing if you don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. It's messing with them that catches you out. Um, just because you can, you know, just because an AR is a Barbie, you know, for men, it doesn't mean that Barbie has to get all the clothes and the shoes and everything. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I – my everyday carry gun, by the way, is a SIG 365. Good choice. Um, and uh, I, I'm on the 365 forums and stuff, and literally people buy 365, and the first words out of their mouth is, what should I change? And my response is, don't change anything. Shoot the gun, you idiot. <laughs> uh, if training. something is need changes, it will make itself evident in your shooting the gun. Me telling you what you need to change is just simply, um, it's not good. Because every time you change, uh, I was at Glock like know, a month and a half ago at Glock Professionals, their training arm, and we were all laughing. There's a standard thing you do when when somebody says my Glock doesn't work. First words out of your mouth are, "What replacement parts do you have in it?" 
and they go, well, you know, I got a trigger from Lone Wolf, and you know, I got a barrel from Glockworks, and and the, the next thing is take all that stuff out, put the original parts in it, shoot the gun. Does it work now? Now change it out one part at a time, and you'll find out what's failed or what's not to spec or what's not working because you've essentially got a stack tolerance set up. Yeah. But it's always go back to basics. So when you know if you buy a gun and the first words out of your mouth are I'm you know give me a list of the five things I need to change, you should have bought a different gun. Yep. Um, yeah, and I. But you, Go ahead. I love Jim Fuller. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. Oh, absolutely great guy. He's another guy who was uh, a fan of the books, and um, uh, miraculously, I got his email address. I can't even remember how I did it, and he came on the show and. I was mesmerized. I'm a fanboy of his too. I'm a fanboy of a lot of people. Um, and the, the argument for ARs, um, and keep it simple is going to apply to ARs and AKs. The argument for ARs is the availability of ammunition and parts slightly more available. Um, especially maybe some of the ammunition with the, the Russian import, uh, embargo. What do you think about? Yeah that topic of of commonality of of ammunition availability of ammunition for ARs giving it i think a slight edge i agree with you i love AKs i'm a huge fan of AK74s um and it it AK74s cuz i know you've read the books um are very prominent a friend of mine and i've never been in the military so when i say a green beret friend of mine i don't want to imply that i'm a green beret but a Green Beret friend of mine, a Special Forces Ted in the book, he's the character. He's a real guy. He said, uh, we were having breakfast one time, and he said, I, I see that you, you love AK-74s and the 545 by 39 cartridge. What is, what is ballistically so great about the 545 cartridge? And I said, 11. And he said, what? And I said, 11 cents a round. That's back when it was cheap. <laughs> That's that was my criterion was 11 cents around because I knew I would practice with it. But this isn't the AK-74 show. Um, but what do you think about that theory about if if a prepper needs one modern combat rifle advantage goes to the AR because of availability of ammo and parts? It does. I mean, there's no way around it. Um and the other thing is, is, is if you're Jim Fuller, it's easy to tinker with an AK. If you're me, I mean, uh, apparently I failed riveting. <laughs> uh, Jim Fuller didn't have a heart to say that to me, but he goes, I'm going to re-rivet a couple of your rivets, Michael, if you don't mind. <laughs> and that takes <laughs> but, machinery to do riveting, and there's no riveting in an AR. Yeah, yeah, ARs is, like, once again, is, you know, just dog simple. Um, and that's, I mean, I simply, I like simplicity. I mean, I, you know, it, it works for me. Um, it, it's, that's why I, that's why I have like, I have three ARs that are, are, are very good. You know, they're, they're uh, uh, one Wilson combat, a couple of Daniel defense. They're very good guns. Um, I don't mess with them because they're very good guns. Mm. Uh, they shoot well. Um, it's hard, to, you know, if you're willing to go to any name manufacturer, it's hard to get a bad AR. If you work on it, you can find one. <laughs> yeah. um, but, or if you build it yourself with those parts you got cheap, surprise. <laughs> right. exactly. uh, I just, from a prepping standpoint, that, and the other thing, I mean, um, I guess it goes back to like Mel Tap, and I, yeah, it's not so much that you think, oh my God, I'm going to need a hunting rifle. But um, I, I actually, uh, a 308 is my safe space. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel happy and calm around 308. Um, I've shot it a lot in a lot of different guns and a lot of different platforms. I know what it does. I have a pretty good idea what, you know, this this round or that round is going to do. Um, I've, I've hunted with it around the world in places where people said, why didn't you bring a real gun? Why didn't you just bring a stupid 38 scout or a 308 scout rifle? And at the end of the thing, they go like, oh, yeah. Because you didn't need anything else. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So real quick, Pretty I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, we need to cut in and, and One, mention some sponsors. Yeah, some awesome sponsors. A new sponsor to us, My Kind CBD. Great folks over there. They've, they have 
fine-tuned the world of CBD oil and its benefits. Glenn recently did a VBS with them, and we got to hear the the really good the news. science. The science and why, especially my kind CBD, is good, high-quality, pure. pure, highly effective. And you can find them at our website, again, at prepping2-0.com, at Friends and Affiliates. Another great sponsor of ours, we did a recent show with the CEO, is Minutemen Coffee unabashedly pro-Second Amendment, more importantly, uh, unabashedly pro-Constitution and pro-the founding fathers of our country. We'll never apologize for that. They are the exclusive roasters of I Miss America Roast. And I got to say, I drink it every darn day. And if you... uh, Sometimes to excess. Sometimes. I don't drink just a, a cup at a time. Yeah. I measure my coffee consumption by a pot at a time. Anyway, you can, again, check them out through our website. Use the prepping code IMISSAMERICA at checkout and get 15% off your order. Check out some of the other things that they have. They have really grown exponentially as a business because... They do it right. They do it right. So, yeah. Anyway, if you're a conservative, ahead. you should be drinking Minuteman coffee. Absolutely. So, we have just a couple more minutes. Glenn, what's... Yeah, a couple more minutes. I wanted to touch on a hopefully quick topic. And then uh, we'll go into the after show, and I'm going to let you tell the story about the influence you had on Hank Jr. for coming up with the concept of Country Boy Can't Survive. Because if there is a song that captures what we're all about, it is that song. So the question is, uh, is there any debate anymore that 9mm is the pistol cartridge? And you have 40 seconds. 40 seconds. No. There's no debate. <laughs> it is established. The only pistol cartridge in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you don't. There are all kinds of special specialty cartridges, and you've talked about it. You've talked about, you know, all all the different ones, and they all have pluses and minuses. But as far as prepping and having, especially if you only have one handgun, it seems that nine millimeter is the way to go. It works. And it is very, very prevalent. Is that fair to say? It's, it's absolute truth. Uh, uh, the ammunition is, is widely, readily available. Um, it, it's, and that's more than anything else. I mean, I, you know, I can tell you, I actually love 44 Russian, hmm. but, but I would be terrified if yeah. I was left with nothing but a 44 Russian handgun. And we're going to have to leave it. Uh, we're going to have to leave, leave on that. We're going to hold on uh, that, that note. note. Yeah, we're going to take it into the after show, folks. Don't forget, we, we, these are words we live by every week from Benjamin Franklin. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.